All right. Hi out there, everyone, and happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday, as some would say, although it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, which is in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. I have been an SMB advocate, consultant, enthusiast, and owner for over 20 years now, and I'm in great company on Fridays here at talkradio.myc. Hope everyone out there has been enjoying our business-oriented Friday block between me, Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus, Jeremiah Fox on the Entrepreneurial Web, and Joseph McElroy on Wise Content Creates Wealth. Awesome lineup. Over the last two decades, I have noticed that some of the best thought leadership for SMBs happens on Friday when we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're all so anxious to start the weekend that these crucial pearls of wisdom, they're very often overlooked and forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from our work. On Always Friday, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. Coincidentally, my last name means free in German, which is a nice fun fact for everybody. There is always a deeper meaning with me. It is not just a play on words. We've got some weekend freedom. I've got my shades on. Let's get this party started. Today's topic of discussion is confidently navigating the sale of your SMB. Too many entrepreneurs push off playing for the sale of their business until the very last moment, but for a business to sell for what it's really worth, or even more, owners need to prepare for the sale from the very start. In the new book by Michelle, in Exit Rich, author and mergers and acquisitions authority, Michelle Seiler Tucker, who is our guest today, she uh, joins forces with Sharon Lecter, finance expert and co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, to create a must-have guide for all business owners. Whether they're gearing up to sell a business now or they're just getting started building out their company to sell into something that they can actually sell for a profit at some point in the future. Great topic of discussion. Throughout the book, uh, Sharon Lecter's wisdom is peppered in each chapter with a little bit of a mentoring corner section, which is phenomenal, providing some forward-thinking entrepreneurs with the perspective that they need to really take control of their business's future and be able to exit rich. The book is a great resource for any business owner looking to objectively evaluate their business before a sale, improve their chances of finding the right buyer, and sell their business for maximum profit. So as always, while we're on talkradio.myc, we don't want this to be just talk. The goal here is to use insight on the SMB landscape, use it to create more impact for Monday. It is far too often SMBs are focused on the product that is going to solve all their problems, the shiny new mousetrap. In my travels, the products change every single day and every other facet of our lives, both personal and business. There is no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and keeping a focus on the process that's going to help you achieve your goals as long as you do this. I do believe the right products will present themselves when needed by the SMB. Everything begins and ends with the people. And as my friend Michelle would say, you have to build the people before you build the company. So in the spirit of surrounding yourself with the right people, we have a great show for you here today. Our special guest is Michelle Seiler Tucker. Michelle is the founder CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. Michelle has sold over 500 businesses to date. She currently owns and operates several successful businesses. Michelle holds the following professional designations and certifications, merger and acquisition master intermediary, certified senior business analyst, and she is a best-selling author and panelist for mergers and acquisitions source. Uh, Michelle Seiler Tucker is the leading authority on buying, selling, and improving business as well as increasing a business's revenue streams. Over the past decade, Michelle has sold several hundred businesses and franchises. She continues to help buyers from all walks of life buy the American dream, create financial freedom, quality of life. What makes Michelle a formidable force in the industry is she closes nearly 99% of all offers she writes and on average obtains a 20 to 40% higher selling price for her clients. Remarkable track record proves dedication and persistence. In addition, Michelle is the award-winning and best-selling author of Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth. This book details how to enhance the value of a business in order to obtain its optimal selling price. But we're all about talking about Exit Rich today. That's the name of the game. That's what's coming up. So Michelle, is passionate about sharing her considerable knowledge and experience with others uh, through her mentoring, training, and partnerships. The programs have helped many other folks become successful M&A advisors. Michelle is the absolute most ideal person to discuss the theme of the day today. 
because it's what she deals with every single day. We're also going to talk about my favorite three questions. Who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? Got to know the people before you start building the business. So while we're on the topic, let's go sit out by my fire pit for a second and talk about my story and experience to relate here. So I love this topic. It hits home with me. The first job that I had out of college was with an incubator company at the, at the university of Maryland. And it was definitely a startup type of mentality that was built up and then sold many other SMBs that I've dealt with along the way. They almost look at it like it's a way to give themselves a job for the next 30 to 40 years where they can apply their trade until they retire. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's definitely some more productive and more lucrative types of ways to look at how to set up the groundwork for this. I personally have always been a fan of exploring other avenues for income, especially as it relates to the idea of passive income, the idea of having your money diversified so you can earn more money while you sleep. It doesn't necessarily have to be about trading your time for money on a daily basis, as it is for many business owners who you know, go into their own organization to basically just give themselves a job, right? So big difference between having a job and owning a business. So very relatable topic of conversation, you know, for Michelle here today, a team of authors that comes to mind from, from me, from my library, who love to drive home this concept are Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter, co-authors of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book series. And uh, actually, if you guys notice, the co-author for Michelle's new book is actually Sharon Lecter. So there's definitely some, uh, you know, funny how great minds think alike, right? So the fifth book from the series, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is actually called Retire Young, Retire Rich. And I wanted to talk about it briefly before we turn the spotlight to Michelle and her new book, Exit Rich, which again, by the way, also co-authored by Sharon Lecter. So there's a couple of awesome concepts here in this book. I read it about 20, 20 years ago. And I just, I, I really liked it. And I think it's a great kind of precursor to where Michelle's book fits in to this world nowadays and what everybody's dealing with. So the couple of concepts I'm going to talk to you guys about real quick from Retire Young, Retire Rich. First one is re we retired young in order to get rich. One of the advantages of retiring young is that we now had the free time to get rich. By the way, Forbes magazine, and this is going back 20 years ago, Forbes magazine defines rich as $1 million or more a year in income. In other words, according to Forbes, you know, we weren't necessarily rich yet when we retired, knowing that one of the reasons for retiring young was so that we could have the time to actually get rich. After retiring, our plan was to spend more time investing and building businesses. Today, not only do we have a substantial real estate holdings, we built a publishing company, a mining company, a technology company, and an oil company, as well as investments in the stock market. As Rich Dad often said, the problem with having a job is that it gets in the way of getting rich. In other words, we retired young so that we would have the time to become rich. Today, our income per year from our investments and businesses is in the millions and is climbing steadily even after stock market corrections. Everything is going according to plan. So the next thing I wanted to relate from here is just three easy things everyone can do to become rich. And I'll preface that by saying being a business owner is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. So three easy things everyone can do to become rich. I have always said that what you have to do to become rich is simple and easy. Almost everyone can do it. I am happy to share this book because, you know, these little, little tidbits, the like simple things that you need to do if you want to retire young and retire rich. So the concepts can be rather simple. So here's the three main assets that make people rich and allow them to retire young. The three assets are real estate, paper assets, and businesses. Okay. The reason that Kim Kiyosaki and Robert Kiyosaki were able to retire young and retire rich is because they spent their time acquiring assets rather than working for money. So again, that goes back to the idea of having a job versus owning a business. And it's, it's crazy in the travels over the last two decades, I've seen too many examples of business owners who are in business, in some cases, even business for many years, that still look at their business as their job. So to transition this thought process into the you know, 2021 exit rich about to be released Michelle Seiler Tucker world, the last thing I wanted to talk about from here is there's a little 
kind of almost like an epilogue here after Robert Kiyosaki sold his business and when he retired so that he could actually start to work on the idea of becoming rich. 18 months after selling my business and retiring, I finally drove out of the mountains of Southern Arizona. As I drove out of the mountains, I really did not know what I was going to do next. I just knew I wanted to do things differently. The second half of my life had begun. This time, it was my life. I was now older, wiser, smarter, less reckless, and a bit more trustworthy. As I drove out of the mountains, the second half of my life had begun. It was no longer a life di dictated by, to by the wishes and dreams of my parents, teachers, or friends, or the dreams of a child. The second half of my life had begun, and this time it was, it was to be my life on my terms. And that is the main reason I recommend retiring as young as possible. It will give you a chance to start your life over. I love this as far as relating it to the topics of discussion today, because that's the reason that many people go into business for themselves anyway, is to do things on their own terms and make it their life and not living somebody else's life. You know, so to bring it you know, full circle over to Michelle before we you know, take our first commercial break and we really get into, you know, topic of topics of discussion with Michelle today, you know, the book exit rich, you know, one of Michelle's core philosophies that she's going to talk about with us here today, you know, is the six P's of business. And it's the six P's to grow your business. And you guys, I obviously love this because the first three P's are the ones I talk about every week here. So the six P's to grow your business is, you know, in, in the description here, it says, is your business operating as well as it can? Do you think your business can be doing better? If you had trouble answering these questions, you may want to determine if your business is operating on all six P's. So conceived by Michelle, the six P's are the key elements that every business needs in order to sell, build, and grow a business in order to demand the highest price from buyers. The six P's are people, product, process, and then proprietary, patrons, and profit. With the six P's, you can ask yourself the right questions. Do you have the correct people as your employees? Is your product unique and in demand? Is your process efficient and cost effective? Are you protected by any proprietary discussions? Who are your patrons? Is the client base loyal or concentrated? Are you operating at the highest possible profit margin in your industry? I love it. It's beautiful. Great topics of discussion, but it does all start with the people, as I say here every week. So we're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to be right back with Michelle Seiler Tucker, the founder of Seiler Tucker Incorporated and the author of the upcoming book, Exit Rich. Stay with us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military, and politics, 
all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock. Every Thursday evening, the mind behind leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're going to be talking here in a moment with Michelle Seiler Tucker, the founder of Seiler Tucker Incorporated and the best-selling author of the upcoming book, Exit Rich. So we're going to kickstart this here. We're going to talk about the method behind the madness of Seiler Tucker. We talk about you know what what the guest does how they do it how they go to market for it so michelle i couldn't be more excited for this discussion great to have you here today thank you Stephen, for having me i love your shades you know i left mine in the car <laughs> <laughs> that is one thing here i do always wear shades on the show so it's not, not something the issue but i do love when my guests wear shades as well so i i wish i would have known that next time <laughs> Next time, and there will be one, don't worry. So uh, we feel some freedom of the weekend coming. Everybody's got a little bit more clarity. I love your philosophy with the six Ps. I'm very big people. I tend to go process product, but talk to us a little bit about your methodology and how you've been going, Mark. Sure. So, you know, the reason I came up with Exit Rich um, in the first place is because I've been in business 20 years. My company and I have done over a thousand transactions. And I really started noticing that businesses were closing down a lot more often than before. So when I wrote my first book, Sell Your Business, um, for more than it's worth in 2013 and did the research, we learned that about 95% of all startups would, would go out of business, right? So those one to five years are extremely risky. Well, then when I wrote Exit Rich and did the exact same research, I learned that only that the business landscape has changed dramatically. Only 30% now of startups will go out of business, only 30%. So you startups out there, you have a great chance right now. Your risk is a lot lower than it's ever been before. However, out of 27.6 million companies, listen to this, Stephen, those businesses out of 27.6 million companies that have been in business for 10 years or longer, 70% of those companies are at risk of going out of business. 70% will go out of business. You hear about the public businesses all the time, like Toys R Us in business 70 years, went out of business. Kmart, Starmart, you know, JCPenney's, GNC closed out 1,200 locations. But what you're not hearing about are the private companies on every street corner in every town in every state across our great nation. Unfortunately, these businesses are dropping like flies. So that's why I wrote Exit Rich is to really, you know, it, it's about selling your business. But more importantly about than selling your business, it's about building a sustainable business that's scalable. So when you're ready, you actually have a sellable asset because according to Steve Forbes, who also endorsed Exit Ridge, eight out of 10 businesses will not sell, eight out of 10. So that's why I wrote Exit Rich. That's why I came up with the GPS exit model and the six P so you could build a business that somebody actually wants to purchase. I, I couldn't agree more. I love it. And just so you know, I am a big fan of Ralph Waldo Emerson and Aerosmith saying, life's a journey, not a destination. Although... In with the end in mind for a lot of this type of stuff. It's like if you don't if you don't know what it's, it was, it's like an Alice in Wonderland type of thing with the Cheshire Cat. If you don't know what direction you're going in, any road will. Do. So <laughs> if you know what direction you're going in, then you should probably work towards those ultimate goals and set the stage accordingly. And that's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. You know, I call it my GPS exit model because most business owners they treat their business as a baby. And they, you know, they really have the mindset that they're never going to sell. They never think about selling until a catastrophic event occurs. And that's internal, like, you know, they'll call me up for health issues. Somebody died, partner dispute, divorce, et cetera. 
But when you wait till a catastrophic event occurs, it's too late. You need to sell your business when it's doing well, not when it's trending downward. And you really should follow a plan. Like you just said, Stephen, you need a plan. And so the biggest plan we talk about in Exit Rich is a GPS exit model. First and foremost, you know, determine what your destination is. When you drive somewhere, what's the first thing you do? You pull up Google Maps, right? Or Waves or one of those programs and you plug in your destination. Same thing with selling a business. Pick a number. If you want to sell for $20 million, say, I want to sell for $20 million. Now, what does the GPS need to know? It needs to know where you're starting from. What's your current location? What's your current valuation? Do you know, Stephen, that we get you know physical checkups every year to make sure our body's in good health? We take our car into the shop to make sure our car is in good shape, but we never get an annual valuation checkup. Most business owners have been in business 10 years and they never had their business valuated. That is your biggest asset. You should get your business valuated every single year because there are events that can cause your business to increase in value or decrease in value. So you need to know what your biggest asset is worth on a regular basis. So then you need to determine, okay, what what am I worth today? So if I want to sell for $20 million, you're worth $5 million right now. In what time frame? What time frame? Let's say you want to do it in 10 years. So this is the start of a plan. Business owners don't have a plan. They drive around in circles. They drive up and down these financial hills, ending up nowhere, and then wondering why they have to sell for pennies on a dollar, close their business, or even worse, file for bankruptcy. So Exit Rich is designed to prevent that, to prevent your business from becoming a statistic. So then once you figure out, I want to sell for $20 million, I'm worth $5 million right now, I'm going to do it in 10 years. Now you need to know, well, who's my buyers going to be? Buyers, not buyer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because if Absolutely. you think you have a buyer that's going to buy your business, I can promise you that buyer's probably going to fall apart. That deal's going to fall apart. You need backup buyers. There's five different types of buyers. Let me tell you who's not going to buy your business. A first-time buyer will not buy a $20 million company because they probably can't afford to in all likelihood. A turnaround specialist buys distressed assets. They don't buy $20 million companies. So it's going to be a PEG, a private equity group, a first-time, a private equity group, a strategic slash competitor, or a serial entrepreneur that chases EBITDA. So now once you figured out who my buyer is going to be, what is the financial criteria? If I want to sell my business for $20 million, where's my top line need to be? Where does my EBITDA earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization have to end up at? So to sell for $20 million, you need an EBITDA between four to $5 million. Then you want to know, well, what is the buyer's buying criteria? What are they looking for? What synergies are they willing to pay more money for? Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp, and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging money, but they had a billion users, and Facebook knew they could ROI and monetize that. So you got to figure out what's the characteristics. Then once you figured out those steps, the last step is my why. Why do I want to sell a business for $20 million? Because as Stephen just said earlier, if business was easy, everybody would be doing it. If it was easy to sell a business for $20 million, we would all be doing it. It's not easy. It's not easy sometimes to stay in the game. You have all these different financial storms you have to weather. You have catastrophic events that occur. So your wife needs to be powerful enough to keep you motivated and keep you in the game. Yep. Uh, There's knowing your why and knowing your audience are two very important things, especially if you're talking about selling your business. I agree 100% with you. It is not a buyer. It is buyers. And there's different strokes for different folks as far as what gets people motivated. And to that end, just some of my travels as of late, Michelle, because of the pandemic conditions, and this is something maybe you can relate to as well with some of your private equity group discussions, I've seen a crazy shift in gray, blue collar industries that would never be having, like, you know, should be, but still are never having these types of discussions as far as an annual valuation checkup. And if they do it now during the pandemic, if they work in the freight logistics industry or home health care or certain aspects of restaurant hospitality leisure, it's it, the, the growth that some of these companies have experienced during this time is astronomical. And you know, they could be they could be a totally different ballgame for them now. It is astronomical. That's why you really have to have an expert do an evaluation that knows that that could be an anomaly. So they don't just look at 2020. They also look at historical financials. Plus they do a five-year projections. So we're not just going to take 2020 and say, oh, by the way, you're going to pay us for 2020 (laughs) because it might be an anomaly. We don't know if that's sustainable, right? So you got to make sure. And and then you have the 
these these industries that have decreased and went de- way down in value. Same thing. We don't want to take 2020 just 1,000% in, in, in consideration. We want to make sure we work that on a three-year, five-year average, plus look at five-year projections going forward. I'm also a big believer in past performance is not indicative of future results in any way, shape, or form. And I know you guys need to take certain aspects of what's happened in the past, but you know, having the right people and having the right process goes a long way to what's going to happen in the future. Did anybody expect prior to 2020 that we were going to be dealing with a pandemic-like condition that was reminiscent of a century ago? Probably no. not. Nobody thought we were going to run out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Or have people beating each other to death in the aisles of Costco for it. So. <laughs> That's right. So that so that gets me into the six P's. If you want me to start kind of leading into the six P's and how that creates value. Yep. Yep. So number one is is people. Um, you already said it. You have you don't build a business. You build people. They build the the business for you. The number one reason, Stephen, that businesses don't sell is because the business is tied to the owner. Dental practices, chiropractic practices, law firms, you know, um, real estate, interior decorators, photographers. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Even larger type businesses, a lot of times all the data is in the owner's head. The relationships are dependent upon that owner. You take that owner out of the business, you have no business. So you really have to have the right people in the right seats. And you have to ask the who question. Who opens the door? Who deals with client service? You know, who deals with um, who deals with logistics? Who deals with with environmental? Who, who, who? The clue, Stephen, is you should never be next to the who. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I actually like that as a as a uh, as a term and a segue into some of our next parts of the discussion because. It's it, you. Sh- it's it can't be defined that way. It's like one person is not scalable. It's almost like a very narcissistic personality trait type of thing. It's like it, you can't. Bu- I can't duplicate you. It's like, but what I can do is take some of the magic that you've created with this. Look at how we can make it efficient, scalable, systematic, and and or and then grow it organically using the the methodology and all that. And that's something that I. I've routinely seen people fall down on, and it's 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 almost comical at this point because we live in such a crazy information age that's way different than the industrial age, where people are so focused on the technology, the app, the whatever new social media engine is going to change their life. But it's so much deeper than that, and that's right. we have to take a short commercial break, Michelle. But in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the madness. We talked a little bit about method, but applying the rest of the P's of the process into the madness that you've seen out there as of late because there's a lot of it and I've seen a lot of it too but uh, we'll be right back stay with us on Always Friday you're listening to Talk Radio NYC Uplift Educate Empower Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. You know you have it. The potential for a more rewarding life. A life that matters. But how do you get there? The answer is in a best-selling book by the coach of the successful and wealthy, Ken D. Foster. The Courage to Change Everything. Daily strategies and wisdom to awaken your hidden genius and transform your life. With this powerful yet amazingly simple daily guide, your future is in your hands. You will be empowered to unlock your potential, bring out your true gifts, increase your wealth, and take your life and business to a new level. Get your life-transforming copy of Ken D. Foster's The Courage to Change Everything by going to couragetochange.us. That's couragetochange.us. Quite frankly, there's no other book like this. 
Imagine what your life could be like if you had at your fingertips the success principles to create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready to live your dream? Go to CourageToChange.us. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. everyone. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're talking with Michelle Seiler-Tucker, founder of Seiler-Tucker Incorporated and author of the upcoming book, Exit Rich. We're going to get into a little bit of the madness. Now that we talked some method with, with Michelle, everything starts with the people. We're going to dive a little deeper into the other five Ps, as Michelle said in our last segment, most business owners, especially SMBs, they have some person, they have a founder, they have somebody who had the passion to start the business, but you can't really exit rich with just a person. There has to be the other five Ps associated with it. It's dependent on all of that. So, you know, this is the observational part of the show, Michelle. No no subject is too taboo. Anything goes. The stories you have yourself, the stories you've seen out there, I've seen some crazy successful exit stories But there are very few out there that truly understand what goes into it. So lay it on us. What's some of the madness that you've seen out there as of late as it relates to people trying to exit their businesses and make significant, significant money from it? Well, you know, the madness was always there, even way before the pandemic. (laughs) I could write a book on the mistakes that business owners make and how they, you know, mess up their business. We should. I'll write it with you. It sounds great. (laughs) I mean, we once had we once had a thirty million dollars staffing company that we were selling, and even it was a little over three point five million dollars. We had probably about seven hundred buyers for this business, several offers, and the owner had the business in a trust. And he said to me in the beginning, "You know, Michelle, I'm untouchable. Nobody can touch me." And he says, "Um, "I have everything in the trust." Well, he decides in the middle of the sale. He's going to leave his wife for his high school sweetheart, marry his high school sweetheart while he's still married to his wife. And then they have a catastrophic, it was an industrial staffing company. Then they have a catastrophic event that occurred in the industrial plant. So a uh, poor man lost an arm. And so then he forges information on workers' comp papers come November of 2019. 2018, 2018, he had no workers' comp insurance. He went from 50 locations down to 10 locations, lost all of his top clients, went into bankruptcy court. His wife was fighting him, of course. I was called into bankruptcy. I had to get approved as a stalking horse. And I sold his $30 million business for $1.2 million in bankruptcy court. So note to self, when you're in the middle of the cell, don't leave your wife or your high school sweetheart. I wish I had my dumpster fire background, but I took it out for our show today. So uh, that's. Holy well, you crap. asked for a mad story. So that's what came to my mind. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I, I mean, I guess there's always the concept of you can't fix stupid out there. But, um, well, um, in, uh, along those same lines, you know, we're, we're diving a little deeper on some of the other five P's. So you got products, process, proprietary, patrons, profit. But I also put up here the, the other parts of your logo for Siler Tucker, you have, you know, a four leaf clover that says sell, fix, buy, grow. Talk to us a little bit about where that came into play, because I see where that would be absolutely relevant here. <laughs> well, here's the deal. You know, I've been in mergers and acquisitions, like I said, for 20 years. And I learned very quickly um, that eight out of 10 businesses are not going to sell. So if I don't fix them, if I don't help tweak them, if I don't get involved and, you know, help the owners grow the business and create a build to sell plan, and help them follow the GPS exit model, then I'm going to starve to death and we'll have nothing to sell. So I, I buy, you know, I buy businesses and flip them. I've partnered with business owners before, helping them fix their business, grow their business, build their business so they can retire and exit rich. So that's where that logo comes into. I sell fixed girl. Uh, it's, I, I think it's great. And it's just, uh, it's, it's some of it's just, again, like trying to throw some of the products at the issues with the people in the process. It's like, I, I can't, 
even begin to tell you how often I see that happen. And it, even where people are asking me, it's like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, can you give it, rattle off a couple of vendors that do what you said? And I was like, yeah, I, of course I can. It's like, if you give them a call, what are you going to say? And nobody knows. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it, it's it just it kind of blows the mind. So you know, there's definitely a big shift out there, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier that I've seen of you know you know the traditional businesses, and you know you're right, you see it with publicly traded ones getting you know reduced to nothing and then going out. You don't really see it so much with you know privately held types of businesses, but. You know, more and more, you know, some of those businesses are falling by the wayside. Some of them are growing and booming bigger than they've ever have before. And they lack the infrastructure to really get to the growth that they want to go to. And, you know, it's it's kind of like it's still that ready, fire, aim type of concept is I've been in business. I've been getting after it. Now I have an opportunity. Let me, you know, reel it back in and try to figure out the best way to do this. You know, talk to us a little bit about you know some of that that you've seen, because I know it's out there and I know it's rampant, especially with folks that are trying to start things and flip them in a matter of two to five years. Well, you know, like I said, startups have a lot less risk of going out of business than they than they did, you know, several years ago. The, the businesses that have been in business 10 years, they are dropping like flies. They are going out of business. This is before COVID, you know, and the reason for that is because they stop what I call AIM. AIM is always innovate and market, always innovate and market. You always got to change things up. You got to mix it up. You got to ask clients, what do you need? What do you want? How can I make it easier for you to do business with us? You know, whoever makes it easier for the consumer to purchase products and services is the company that's going to win. Amazon wins because they make it so easy to buy. You can practically buy a horse from Amazon and have it delivered to you in two days. And now they just bought 12 planes so they can get it to you in one day because what do we want? We want instant gratification. So two days is too long. Now we want it to us in one day. So these business owners, so this is why startups are succeeding right now. There are 870 million startups. I'm sorry, not million, thousands, 870,000 startups started last year um, within the first six months of last year. The reason why startups are not failing at the high rate that they were before is because they're solving problems. They're looking at what the problems are. They're coming up with the solutions. They're really innovative. There's a lot of millennials out there starting businesses right now, especially in the e-commerce, especially in the SaaS industry, um, that are really, really doing well. I mean, they're multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies already. But the business owners that have been in business for over 10 years, they stopped innovating. They stopped asking their clients. They stopped changing things up. Toys R Us didn't do anything different for 75 years, and then they wonder why they got out of business. You know, Blockbuster, they saw the writing on the wall with Netflix, and they did nothing. They could have bought Netflix. And they sat back fat and happy and ended up going out of business. So the name of the game is innovation. If you're not innovating, if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. That's it in a nutshell. That's, that's exactly what I just thought of. I'm a big movie guy, obviously. So when you said that, all I could think of was Tommy Boy of, in this business, you're either growing or you're dying. There ain't no third direction. <sighs> Very good. So that's that's the second P, which is product. You know, I encourage all of my clients to ask themselves, you know, is their industry on the way up, their product industry on the way up or on the way out? Do they have an Amazon or do they have a Blockbuster? And if they have a Blockbuster and many have blockbusters right now because of COVID, you have to innovate. You have to line yourself with an expert, somebody who's been down your path before. Don't ask people who have never done it. Ask people who have been successful. And then pivot. Ask yourself three transformational questions. This is what Amazon did. They asked themselves, number one, what business am I in? We're in a bookseller business. This was back in the 90s. Then they asked themselves, what do we do really, really well? And they said, we sell, we do fulfillment. We do fulfillment probably better than anyone. What business should we be in? Oh, we should be in a fulfillment business. Those three <laughs> transformational questions, as simple as they sound, is what took transformed Amazon into a small bookseller into a multi-billion dollar worldwide conglomerate that they are today. Wow. I, I, it's so powerful to hear it put that way because it's so it, – I, I always draw a line between simple and easy these days. Like it's so simple. It's not easy because a lot <laughs> of it is really giving yourself a gut check and the people you work with a gut check and positive conflict is almost certainly going to come from it. But it is a simple thought. Like what business are you in? What do you do really well? And what business should you be in? You right. should be in what you do really well. 
It's common sense, but common sense is not so common. Oh, I can definitely attest to that one. <laughs> another book that we work on together. The least common sense is common, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, business owners have to focus on their strengths. They have to hire out their weaknesses. And they really, they really need, and the reason why it takes an expert sometimes, Stephen, is because when you're near fog, it's foggy, right? It sounds simple, <laughs> but when you're transactional, it's very difficult to get to transformational. And you're not going to see real growth or real change until you become transformational and ask these, these type of questions. When you're immersed in your business, it's really hard to see the forest through the trees to me. And that's like, that's a lot of what this is all about. A lot of the SMB owners and folks that I've worked with over the years, they're working in their business because that's how they started. It was a a trade, a talent, a subject matter, expertise, a passion that they went into business for. And they went into business so that they can have a forum to have give themselves a job. The trouble with that is if you treat it like a job, it doesn't grow like a business. And right, and buyers want to buy a business, not a job. <laughs> 100%. If there's anybody that can attest to that, I would bet it's you. So, you know, yes. it, 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 you know, and it's it, I've I've spent a great deal of my career, Michelle, dealing with group benefits. So, like group retirement plans, group health insurance plans, and I was always shocked by the idea of you know when talking to a business owner who's making decent money and been around for. 10, 20, 30 years, didn't matter if it was technology or if they ran a textile mill these days. Mm. It's the ability to really capitalize on on the landscape right now and set things up with, with best practice in mind and really make it so that, I mean, to me, the the most successful business models I've ever seen are the ones where the owner or, or folks in charge could take a month vacation and go travel Australia and then come back. And not only has the business not missed a beat, it's increased their revenues. Yep. Well, in order to do that, you have to have the right people and you have to have the right processes, which is the third P. <laughs> Gotta have the right processes. And so many owners really never think about processes until Something happens, you know, somebody gets hurt in a warehouse. Oh, we need a health health and safety process or someone complains about customer service. Oh, we need a customer service process. Really, (laughs) processes need to be designed with the customer experience in mind from the beginning. My very favorite movie, and I know you can ask me this later, but I'm going to tell you now, is The Founder based upon the McDonald Brothers. Have you ever watched that movie? I have, but we you didn't tell me that when we were talking about this. So I love that movie. So in that movie back in the 40s, they had the sonic type drive-ups, right? But back there, back then it wasn't perfected. So the food was always cold, the order took so long, and it took so long it was always wrong. So what did McDonald's brothers say? We're going to open up a fast food restaurant. Here's our mission. Here's our vision. Here's what we want our customer experience to be. We want our customers to get great tasting food that's hot two minutes or less. Do you remember? Did you watch the movie? Yes. You remember when they went to the empty tennis courts and they brought all their employees out there and they drew with chalk on the tennis court because they wanted to design the processes with the customer experience in mind. They stayed out there all day revamping the process until they figured out who takes order, who toasts the buns, who cooks the burgers, who puts the bagels on the buns and gives it to the clients in two minutes or less, which is why you can eat at McDonald's anywhere in the world and get the exact same experience designed with the customer experience in mind. And that's why everyone around the world, and I can attest to that too, knows what McDonald's is. But few people actually realize that McDonald's is one of few, if not the only self-sufficient company in the world so like any ketchup packets any anything it's all from mcdonald's they're also the largest real estate holding company in the world absolutely they're absolutely the largest real estate holding company because they ask those questions too a gentleman asked ray Kroc. ray Kroc is the one who grew mcdonald's he asked what business are you in and ray's like i'm in the restaurant business he goes you need to be in the real estate business that way you can buy up all the land build the buildings if the franchisees are not compliant then you kick them out. You get another franchisee in there. Those <laughs> three questions right there changed Ray Kroc's trajectory. I, and that's why McDonald's is the largest real estate holding company in the world. I love it. I think it's a phenomenal message. We got to take a short commercial break. We're going to be right back with Michelle Seiler Tucker on Always Friday. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Thank you. 
Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. fine people welcome back to always friday with me stephen fry your smb guy we're talking with michelle seiler tucker of seiler tucker incorporated in the upcoming book exit rich if everyone out there if you folks enjoy topics of discussion around small and medium-sized business please stay with talkradio.myc for the next couple of shows here on friday we got the entrepreneurial web with jeremiah fox coming up at 12 and wise content creates wealth with joseph mcelroy at one o'clock p.m nice way to round out the small medium-sized business block here on fridays but back to michelle so we're in the message part to take it home here so what message should listeners take away you know we want to give some insight to provide for monday impact you know so people don't lose it when they come back to work all hungover on monday morning (laughs) that's the name of the game here so michelle i loved what you were saying in the last segment those three questions are so simple they're not necessarily easy because again a lot of it is a gut check but what business are you in what do you do well and what business should you be in based on your things i think there's a great message there that people routinely skip over but not me to say what's the people need to take away besides by coming book exit rich well, obviously, they need to buy extra rich because we only cover three of the six P's. You know, one of the biggest value drivers in the P is proprietary that we didn't even get to. So you definitely need to read Excellent Rich because there's some real things that I talk about in proprietary that can really mess up your business and cause you to lose everything. So the big takeaway is, is you know, read Exit Rich, treat your business as a real business. Hire, you know, focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses. You're the visionary. Get a good integrator. Every business owner needs a good integrator. And, you know, if you're stuck right now because of COVID, this is not the time to panic. This is not the time to get caught up in fear. This is a time to take massive action. Align yourself with experts who who have been down the path you want to travel and get some insight of to what how you should pivot, what you should do differently. You know, there's all kinds of restaurants right now, they're doing things so differently than they've ever done before because they're not getting stuck. You got to get unstuck. You got to take massive action and align yourself with an expert. And like I said, read Exit Rich because there's so many things we didn't get to. But I think I'm going to come back on a Friday and wear shades. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely better do that. I'm so fired up from this discussion. You you better be ready to do that. Plus, you're making me hungry because we talked about McDonald's and and your last name, Pry. I want some French fries. (laughs) (laughs) 
I am uh, definitely right there with you. I did not get myself some food this morning as well, but uh, yeah, no, there, there's some, there's some definite great messaging there. And it's, you know, the, the, the proprietary look like, you know, Mich- Michelle's done some phenomenal research and partnered with some phenomenal people. It's like the proprietary information and travels and stories that, that Michelle's been able to tell they're in the book. So you guys got to look at the book. It's coming out shortly. Um, well, Exit Rich is now. a website you guys have they- yeah, they can get it now, Stephen. They don't have to wait till it comes out. Uh, so they can go to exitrichbook.com and you can get the book for $24.79, which is less than Amazon. <laughs> and that includes shipping. Plus, we will email you the digital copy immediately. So you can start reading it today. And, and then we'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep. In addition to that, though, we also will give you a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club, where we have me doing video training asking those type of three transformational questions because I have so many more transformational questions. And do. most importantly, we have documents. So you need documents to run a business, sell a business. A lot of times clients are like, Michelle, I've never seen an organizational charter, employee handbook or non-compete. I'm trying to sell a business. What does a sample letter of intent look like? What does a purchase agreement look like? What's due diligence checklist look like? I got like a 50 page due diligence checklist. You know, what do closing docs look like? These documents would cost you probably over $20,000, $25,000 if you go get them from an attorney. They're there for not only your review, but your download as well. And then we also give you a 30-day membership into Club CEOs, which is my mastermind that I started. It's an online entrepreneurial group where we ask the really transformational, tough questions. We do Q&As. We do hot seats. We really help rich. I love it. You could definitely sign me up for that. Any other additional information we need to grab? I know most of it's on the exitrichbook.com uh, website, but yeah, I would love for, for folks out there to really engage Michelle and her team with this because it's something that nine times out of 10 when I'm out there, I see people who need help with it. So ask for the help. It's here for you. Yeah. So, so the more successful somebody is, the more time they have to help you and the, even the more, the more money they have to invest. Think Absolutely. about it. You go to broke people to help you. They have no money to help you. <laughs> so, you, so the more successful somebody is, uh, the more they want to help other business people be successful. Also, I want to say that, that Steve Forbes has endorsed her book. It is an Inc. original. And Kevin Harrington, the original Shark Tank, wrote the foreword. Plus, we have Les Brown, Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen. You name them, we got them as testimonials. Love me some chicken soup for the soul, for sure. So, Michelle, I can't tell you how much I've appreciated you coming on the show today. It will definitely not be the the last time. I'd love to have you on again. This is a blast. Let's have a little bit of fun before we close everything out here today. I I couldn't help this. I think this is a picture of you from the Quill Awards, but I I had to put that up there from from back in the day. Wow, I look good, don't I? Fantastic. So just I know this book is going to be kick ass. I know that it's, it's going to it's going to hit the ground hard and 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 keep running in, into in perpetuity because it is a topic that people really need to get in tune with. But uh, let's go back to my favorite three questions so we can have some fun before we close everything out here today. So, who is your favorite movie or TV show character? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And what is your favorite musical instrument and the artist who plays it? So, as you guys know, I like to take my special guest face and put it on some pictures here. So, the answer to the first question, Michelle had a few, so I'll play around with them here. Michelle said Rocky, but then she also said she loves uh, Matthew McConaughey and Arnold Schwarzenegger, but didn't give me any characters. So, we're going to see a few that I like. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Rocky, yeah, there's not, not always the best picture to put your guest face on after they just finished, you know, a couple rounds but in, in a boxing match. But, yo, Adrian, I did it. Nice uh, champion-looking look for your SMBs out there. Um, you know, there you are draping the American flag, so perfect. And uh, there's there's me and you as Mi- as Mickey. It's like uh, watching Rocky get trained over there. I have the tiger. So I actually met him. He's really nice. Yeah, Yeah. So is Matthew McConaughey, by the way. He's very nice and down to earth as well. <laughs> so on that note, uh, David Wooderson is my, one of my favorite characters that he plays from Days and Confused. So, all right, all right, all right. There's me and you in the yep. car, me as Slater, you as Wooderson. So, <laughs> one, again, one of my favorite movies out there. So, uh, And then going on the Arnold side of things, I was, I was able to use a couple of uh, pictures from my last guest, who's also a big Arnold fan. So uh, a couple of the same types of types of pictures. And again, anytime I can make myself uh, John Connor's age again at, at a at my age, I tend to enjoy doing that. But uh, yeah, there, there's there's a kindergarten cop, so D- D- Detective John Kimball. 
You're, you're mine now. You're mine. You belong to me. Stop whining. Yeah, Michelle Tellier, stop oh, whining. Really get out there and get good people in process. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> this is not, not my first rodeo, baby. It's actually uh, Twins was also one of my favorite characters that he played, especially when he was making fun of, of Rambo up there. So you see me as Rambo and, and you as uh, Julius <laughs> Benedict. One, one, one of my favorites. Anyway, uh, moving on here. The favorite movie that uh, that was imparted to me was actually The Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. I like the Chris Gardner story a great deal. So there's Chris mm-hmm. and uh, me as one of the bystanders there in the crowd. Um, you know, a couple of other thoughts that were around uh, the, fa- the favorite movie side of things. Uh, Michelle also mentioned Seabiscuit, which I wasn't able to put a good picture together for that. <laughs> but it uh, also mentioned uh, that during the pandemic, she's seen Home Alone 1 and 2 like a thousand times. And for some reason, I have as well. It might have to do with my eight and five-year-old running around. But there's you as Kevin McAllister. <laughs> and there's you as Kevin McAllister and me as uh, Marv from Harry and Marv. So, uh, <laughs> hiya, pal. So your music answer was the most interesting to me because I asked, what's the favorite musical instrument in the artist who plays it? And Michelle goes, I don't really like music. But <laughs> I was like, you live in New Orleans. How do you not like music? Which, by the way, yeah, Michelle lives in New Orleans. That's where her office is. Because uh, Michelle but- has no life. I work all the time. <laughs> But eventually we got to the realization of uh, Michelle does enjoy Yanni. So there's Michelle as Yanni. And, um, you know, I just had to throw a couple pictures of Jazz Fest in there because uh, I love Jazz Fest and I've been trying to get there for probably a better part of a decade now. So the fact that you live there, you got to start liking music, Michelle. There's no well, excuse for that. I love music. That's not, I do love music, but you know, when I'm in my car, I'm listening to Bob Proctor or I'm listening to, you know, somebody like that, but I do love music. And you know what? Come down to Jazz Fest and come see me. We'll I'll show you a great time. I am come so there. Jazz. You have no idea. Uh, Michelle has also mentioned that she's uh, met uh, Brett Michaels from uh, Poison fame. So there's a picture <laughs> of of uh, Brett Michaels and, and Michelle. And there's a picture of Michelle on stage with Poison. So you guys want to get in touch with Michelle? I have some contact information up here. It'll be on all of our social media transmissions and all of that. We're going to talk about up-leveling your LinkedIn game next week on Always Friday. Until then, Friday at 11 a.m. Next week, talkradio.myc. I'm Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. Stay tuned for Jeremiah Fox and the Entrepreneurial Web. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Station music, here he comes. He's coming right now. Um, And then we'll come back in and I'll, I'll at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. 
Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.